0: Probably not the best time to start up a podcast like this during in in the midst of a global pandemic. When you're
1: not allowed to go and <laughs> yeah. do anything,
0: when things are shut down, I think we're going to push some boundaries, some more boundaries in in season 2.
1: I've been a radio personality for
0: over a decade, a job that's repeatedly pushed me out of my comfort zone. Because of that, I've grown in ways I never thought possible. But here's the thing, I'm not superhuman. I'm just an ordinary guy who dared to try some new things and enjoys exploring the unknown. Now, life is short, and I realize there's still plenty of work to be done. As they say, if you're not growing, you're dying. So together, let's grow that comfort zone. I'll show you it is possible. You're going to hear me get uncomfortable, and I challenge you to do the same. Welcome back to Comfort Zone Chronicles, the podcast where actions truly speak louder than words. I'm Steve Kreisak, joined by Dave Cruikshank, voted most likely to succeed back in high school. Boy, boy, were they wrong. What, What happened? I don't know. What happened? But you certainly screwed that up. I hope nobody was betting on that. But Now you've done all right for yourself. Look at this. You have your own office, all this fancy equipment.
1: I have my own office, yeah. A whole bunch of gear. I think I have my own office just simply because my wife doesn't want me working from home. That's so true. She's know. paying for this. Yeah, just that's to right.
0: Yeah, get yeah, you it's the hell all out. on her. <laughs> Took out a second mortgage just to get you out of the house. She's
1: very successful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, it's been a long road to get here, but this is going to be kind of a, a season wrap-up. What did we learn over the course of? The last seven or eight episodes, I'm not even sure how many we did.
1: <laughs> now, I guess it's probably fair to say there might be some spoilers in this, so... Yeah. If you haven't listened to all previous episodes mm-hmm. of Comfort Zone Chronicles, we'll wait. Sure. Or just go back and yeah. do it now, we'll wait.
0: And if you're too antsy, well, this will give you a good idea as to what went on, uh, because this has been a long journey. Uh, what, I think we're about eight months in the making. This... I wouldn't classify as your typical podcast because there has been a lot of legwork uh, put into every episode.
1: Literally in some cases, yep.
0: Yeah, running around. So this is a pretty work-intensive podcast. And it all really started with a, a simple email I sent you asking a complete different question, and you said, "Hey, I'm putting together these podcasts." Yep. and that was in September of uh, twenty. Was it that long 20. ago? September, hey, yeah, September. So it was, yeah, yeah when okay. we first had our initial conversations, yeah. and then things really started to take off in October. And I was, I started keeping a diary, I guess, small diary, just a few thoughts uh, as this whole thing got underway, and I just went through it yesterday. A lot of the early entries, I had a lot of doubt, you know? (laughs) I wake up with doubt every day. (laughs) Here's just a brief entry from October 4th, just because I was trying to write up emails to get episodes started. And this is what I said. That voice of doubt keeps creeping into my head. Who are you to try something like this? No one cares. They're going to think you're an idiot. So that was kind of the mindset at the beginning. Can I really get a podcast like this off the ground? And there's several um, entries similar to that, but it seemed like every time I got a win, like somebody emailed me back saying, yeah, we're going to do this. Like the tattoo episode was a very early one. Once I got an email confirming, you know, we're going to move ahead. Mm-hmm. It's like my attitude completely shifted. Ah, this is going to be the greatest thing in the world. So, but there was a lot of doubt, I would say.
1: Well, I suppose... You know, the bottom line is doing this whole podcast in and of itself is a comfort zone chronicles episode, right? Yeah. Like having to contact the people
0: that I was contacting just out of the blue, crafting these emails again, what are they going to think about me? It, yeah, it has been quite the journey out of the comfort zone just to set up these episodes.
1: There's, there's a significant, I would submit, there's a significant part of your career that has been spent being the idiot or the fool, being, playing the part of the fool. (laughs) Correct. Um, I, you know, I've always known that that's not really the case. It's a character that you play on the radio, (laughs) but it makes it fun. And I think it gives this kind of thing credence too. So if you're out there doing something under the guise of the comfort zone chronicles, I mean, you've done, you've, (laughs) you've done more than I've ever (laughs) would even conceive of being able to do in my life. But, uh, but yeah, that whole thing kind of ties up nicely in this, in this, concept.
0: So I thought what we would do is maybe just go over each episode and just take a few key takeaways. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe what I learned throughout this whole journey that was season one. So the very first one we got underway was the tattoo, getting a tattoo. That was my wife's idea. As soon as I told her about this whole podcast idea, she said, you have to get a tattoo. It's something you've been, uh, just against ever since I've known you. Uh, So what? after getting the tattoo, I think I've learned to be more open-minded. That's the real takeaway from this one. Because whenever tattoos would come up prior to Comfort Zone Chronicles, it was just an immediate no. I would never give it any thought. Because... I think it was all about the the permanent decision is kind of mm-hmm. how we we build it, and I just wouldn't be able to live with anything I put on my body. Yeah. But after you know, really learning about tattoos, talking to my brother who is who had a couple, and talking to the tattoo artist, you know, it, it really opened my eyes to yeah. to the yeah. world of tattoos.
1: For me, what is always, and I'm still clean of tattoos, but it yeah. it, it has always been the permanence and the pain. Yep. Um, um, of getting it. I mean, there's a cost factor too. I mean, yeah, I've always had something better to spend $200 <laughs> or $300 or whatever on or eight or 12 and sitting <laughs> under, you know, it's, it's hard enough for me to get yeah. a, the, my vaccine shot, let alone sit under my vaccine sure. shot for an eight hours or whatever. <laughs> right. So.
0: Well, I can tell you the pain wasn't as bad as I thought it was yeah. going to be. That wasn't a problem. And I just think of it was before the the pandemic hit. We had a a guy at work who told me he was going to get a tattoo and like, Oh, what are you getting? It's a skull uh, with wings right across my chest. I'm like, okay, interesting. What significance. Does that have to you? I just like it. Yep. I just like it. And at the time I was like, this guy's gotta be insane to just do something like that. But after going through the whole tattoo thing myself, it's like, Hey, do what you need to do man like i'm not going to question uh, i've been noticing tattoos a lot more ever since getting mine and it's just like all right that's that's them that's them being them there's no reason for me to question what they have on their arm or their leg or
1: for sure the body is is your canvas you can yeah. you can tell whatever story you want or, or, or none if you want um personally i if i was to get anything it would have to have some relevance, significance, personal, because I couldn't just get that unicorn off the wall. No, no, no. No. And that's why I went the route I went
0: with the kids' birthdays and. And
1: and, having it designed and having it, yeah, fully customized for sure.
0: So my big takeaway from the tattoo episode was being, learn to be more Mm open-minded about things, definitely. Uh, The nude model episode was next. (laughs) A few takeaways and the number one thing, if you've listened to that episode is how physically demanding something like
1: that was.
0: Wasn't about the nudity. I was surprisingly comfortable with that. Just how physically demanding it is to sit there for 45 minutes.
1: I suppose my brother-in-law, uh, I remember one, he's, he's um, uh, a reserve in the, in the military. And there was one Remembrance Day mm-hmm. where we went to a Remembrance Day service. And he his job was to be the soldier. At the front and he had to stand there in whatever pose for an hour without moving and talking to him afterwards, I had to stare at single spots. I I had thoughts come into my mind that made me want to laugh. I mean, the hardest thing when you're standing still to do is or to not do is that, or to, to prevent, you know, to try and prevent yourself from doing is that which you are not supposed to do. So laughing or sneezing or coughing or whatever.
0: Yawning in my case. And yawning. I was, I mean, I'm sure it came through, but I was trying to minimize the yawn by keeping my mouth closed. It, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. And just like you said. So with
1: the, hard, that'd be so hard. With
0: the thoughts running through your head, some of them <laughs> I didn't want in there. Some of them, like you said, would make me laugh. But
1: Especially when you're a fidgeter like me. I've got restless leg syndrome. Uh, I'm I... a fidgeter. I'm, you know, it's just, yeah. I could never, never sit still for more than. I'm just thinking about being in a
0: movie theater. I'm constantly shifting positions, yeah. Yeah. moving and trying to yeah. find something more comfortable. So it was very physically demanding. That's the one thing that sticks out. Uh, thinking of like if the Mona Lisa was sitting there. Who knows how long that took to paint? Well, I'm sure somebody
1: knows. And and having your junk out there for all to see was not (laughs) the problem. Was that the biggest part of it?
0: No, it really wasn't because the other takeaway was that nudity doesn't have to be sexualized. No. There is a certain beauty in the human body that I might have missed in my younger years
1: when I was flipping through Playboy, you know? (laughs) Some of them
0: when you sit down and look at the human body, there is uh, quite a beauty to it that doesn't have to be sexualized. So, mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see how some of the artists saw me uh, standing there in the buff.
1: Did you see any of the the images that they Yeah, I
0: have a few read. of them. Do you? Yeah, there's did a they, few of them. Do they give them to you? or well, I kind of just snapped pictures okay. afterwards. So you can actually find that on the Comfort Zone Chronicles uh, Instagram and Facebook page, I believe. Okay. They're on there. Uh, of course, the genitalia is blurred out. There's a big, big, big blob, you know? Mm-hmm. Lots of blur out there, if you know. That's funny. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Twilight. In the midst of a global... You know, probably not the best time to start up a podcast like this during in, in the midst of a global pandemic. When you're not allowed to go and <laughs> yeah. do anything. When things are shut down. So that's kind of how the Twilight episode, reading... Twilight came about. Nothing else to do, but this is something I could do at home. And there was another one of those things where I said I would never, ever do is is read Twilight. But, you know, it taught me not to really judge a book by its cover because that's literally what I was doing.
1: But but you weren't wrong. Not exactly. Everything you were against or that you thought you hate about that book, you did. Yeah, it was still... Still pretty
0: bad, but I can say I was excited that once I actually read the book, I was quite excited to compare that to the movie because this is one of the rare times where I'd actually read a book before seeing the movie. I think um, one of the the Hunger Games, Catching Fire, I think Mm -hmm. was the second one. I had read that book beforehand and there was another one. So I was actually quite excited to watch the Twilight movie, even though it was still garbage. You know? (laughs) but uh, I guess I was guilty. I was guilty of jumping on the bandwagon, Mm -hmm. just like with Nickelback. Everybody hates Nickelback. I had never really given Nickelback a chance. I was just always, ah, screw Nickelback. But when you take a step back, everything they've been able to accomplish... I mean, you have to give a certain tip of the cap. So I think it would be the same in this case, Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the book. uh, You have to acknowledge that she created something that a lot of people love Mm -hmm. and good for her. It's not my cup of tea, but I think again, you know, a little more open-minded when it comes to stuff like that. Confined spaces. This one, the big takeaway was I really built up a lot of fear in my head.
1: Beforehand.
0: Beforehand, mm-hmm. prior to doing uh, the activity. And it had to do with strapping that mask and that uh, SCBA uh, tank on my back. I was just dreading it and going in, over in my head. It just built up into this monster.
1: Had you done that before, strapped into SCBA? Or- yeah,
0: so the, the basis uh, on that one was like 12 years ago, I think it was, I with the medicine at fire department during a media training, mm-hmm. uh, they strapped me up in that gear and, and shoved me through their trailer that was pitch dark and very, very confined. And that was tough to get through. So I wanted to, to recreate that.
1: I remember, um, as part of a volunteer fire department that I was on years ago, we were doing SCBA training as well. And yeah. I remember putting that mask on, but there's a period where you put it on. Before it's connected to the oxygen. So you Mm -hmm. actually have no air before they have to hook it up and, and turn it, I I don't think they turn it on before you put, but there was a, there was a period where you actually had to hold your breath and you were helpless for that, I would say seven to 10 seconds. Uh And I think for me, putting that SCBA on the way that, that we did do it. That was the, the, the fear from that. And then all of a sudden the oxygen, the the air is turned on and you're, and you're fine after that, but.
0: Well, when I went down to safety bus campus, I was talking to Amy and she took me to the room with all the gear and, you know, explained it all to me Mm -hmm. and had me wear the mask beforehand. Mm -hmm. I put it on without the oxygen. I could still breathe through there. So I got a real good sense before uh, we actually hooked up the tank. Mm -hmm. And once I started breathing through there, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I literally don't know what all the worry was about. It's just like I said, built it up into this giant monster in my head. Yeah. And once I finally did it,
1: like it was relatively easy. But the darkness and the closed in walls, that's probably where the fear comes in. Right. I mean, and, and, and even and, that wasn't as bad. But you don't have um, uh, a predilection or whatever that you don't have a tendency to be claustrophobic. Yeah, not right? not really. And I don't either. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, but if, if you are, obviously that would. you know. Oh, that serious. would be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> interesting to see if yeah. that could
1: happen. But. And if you know that you're in a controlled environment, if you know that, yeah. you know, despite the fact that your brain wants to, wants to extricate yourself from that environment, you know that I'm safe. If something yeah. happens, there are people that will.
0: Yeah, very, very safe situation. But again, just able to to slay that monster in Mm -hmm. my mind once I actually strapped on the gear. So moving on to the uh, half marathon. First of all, I'm amazed at the the capability of the human body that I was actually able to do that in, I think it was a seven week period, Mm -hmm. go from basically very, very little experience to running 21 kilometers straight. But being in
1: good shape from the start helps. That that certainly <laughs> it, does help. It would take a lot more time for me to get <laughs> ready for something like that.
0: Yeah, but I guess the point is you could do it if you put in, like, yeah. get your mind in that space. Uh, it, it was all about baby steps, really. Just adding a little bit every week, another kilometer every right. week. It was just... So somebody just starting out might want to start with like, you know, run one minute, walk five minutes and do that for a while. And the next week, run two minutes, walk three minutes. Mm -hmm. It's just about those baby steps working up to it. So I was able to work up to this 21 kilometers, which just astounded me. Um, And the other thing I'm going to take out of this one is uh, just don't make excuses. It's something I've always wanted to do, run a half marathon like that. But I was always even... When I was doing a lot more runs many, many years ago, I would always make excuses to not do the 10K when I probably could. I'd just opt to do a quick 5K race, but you know, I don't have enough experience. Uh, I'm not that athletic. Yeah, it's not for me. I made a lot of excuses. Just do it. Just just do it. Don't make those excuses. Get out there and do it. Yeah. The kayak, one of the more recent ones, probably the easiest and... I would say, funnest of all the Comfort Zone Chronicle episodes. Most relaxing, I More, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> the big takeaway from that one was you really don't have to go far to get out of your comfort zone. Okay. And I mean, I spent 25 bucks and pretty much stayed within the city, but it was a, a great experience. I mean, and it certainly did take me out of my, my comfort zone and it all happened in my backyard. And
1: you had, you had kayaked before?
0: I had done a quick canoe. Oh yeah, that's right. Like a dozen years ago. Right. So the first time kayaking, I guess
1: there's pretty, pretty similar, but. It's different in that a canoe is more like a boat, whereas a kayak is more something you wear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: This was an open kayak. Oh, it was? My wife was asking the same thing when she saw the pictures. I thought your legs would have been, you know, tucked underneath something. Right. But no, this was. Oh, pretty it's open, open, and open. that's why I got a nasty sunburn that day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, right. But the other one on that is uh, stop procrastinating because that was something I've wanted to do for more than a dozen years, and I just finally made a phone call, or I guess sent an email in this case, saying I want to do it. When
1: can we do it? Do you think for you? Do you think buying a kayak would be something you'd, you you think you'd do Ooh, it's, it? It's 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 on your on your mind. I'd I mean, like to actually. Now that
0: I've had some experience, you know, and, and if I knew that I was going to utilize it, I mean, it's a thousand, probably ballpark a thousand bucks for a you kayak. You can get cheap but, ones for half that, but. Uh, or go to the black market or. Or used. Yeah. <laughs> used, yeah. 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 It, it's always a possibility. Like I had a really <laughs> good time and I would like to build on that experience. Like, mm-hmm. you know, take multi-day trip down a river or something like that, but whitewater baby. Yeah. (laughs) So you don't have to go far to get out of your comfort zone. And if you want to do something, stop procrastinating. And that brings us to the, the season closer, the grudge, Mm. the one that didn't go as I had planned, or I I'm guessing you had planned.
1: It didn't go as we had originally discussed. Yeah. Uh, I was interested in this one I think I had said before living vicariously, I mean, everyone has that person in their lives that they would like to confront and finally say, you know, just get it all out and just say, you know, you were a jerk. Why? Blah, 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 blah. Um, the psychology of that and the, the longer lasting potential effects of that, uh, people don't often think about. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you talk to Jeremy about, you know, well, have you thought about what, you know, how this person would react, um, whether they even, if they were mature about it, yeah, you know, it might've been a different, but because you don't know, you don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns and things I didn't consider going into that one. I had heard this quote somewhere before and Jeremy kind of mentioned it in our conversation, but the quote is, resentment is like drinking a poison and then waiting for the other person to die so you can basically i was kind of drinking a little poison for 20 years that did absolutely nothing for the situation and it was only when i you know kind of put that poison aside and opened up and actually talked about because it's something i never really talked about before i think i divulged some information in that episode that probably had never talked about. So once I opened up about the situation, I was able to Mm -hmm. see it in a whole new
1: light. So, you know, it's funny because you think in junior high or whenever it was, you had this teacher and, and to this point, which was how many years ago, and you're still thinking about that and you have for a long time. Yeah. For, for him, you were just another student and when you're gone, it's okay. It's another year. It's another year. And 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. He probably hasn't thought of you
0: (laughs) once. I'm going to say that's like a 99.9% chance of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So where. Unless he was
0: flipping through a yearbook one time. Who's the
1: one carrying the cross, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. Certainly not him. And, and maybe, I mean, vengeance is one thing. Maybe it would have given you closure, but at what price? I think I did
0: get some closure just working through this the way that we did. And uh, I guess a lesson in forgiveness Mm -hmm. um, because I, in a lot of cases, there had been some grudges over the years that lasted a lot longer than they should have. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is a great example of one that shouldn't have gone this far, but I guess it would be a good lesson in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can chalk it up to that. So I did learn a few things over the course of the last eight months. And I also have to mention this because there was one episode that just didn't get off the ground as intended that did cause a lot of discomfort. And I'm hoping to do it for season two. So I'll give just a few details. And and that was bungee jumping.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, again, probably not a great idea to start a podcast like this in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, doing a bungee jump was one of the first things I had lined up. And this would have been in Whistler, BC. And I had the you date. You had it all
1: booked. Yeah, I Everything.
0: had the date set. I had uh, flights out there. I had to take a bus from Vancouver to Whistler. I had hotels set up. And then, of course, it was like three to four days before I was supposed to fly out BC put in some new restrictions Mm -hmm. and the bungee jump called me and said, you, we can't stop you from coming, but don't come. But it's not a smart thing to do right now. So I had to cancel all those plans. I had money invested into it, still have that money sitting there. Right.
1: So you haven't lost anything. You just haven't been able to use that, that which you bought. And as long as they honor... Yeah, no you know, everything. Like the the airline ticket that would be the big one. Yeah, the bungee I got it. jump hotels that you can cancel. But
0: yeah, that was canceled. The bungee jump refunded the money, but I got the the flights and the bus tickets were, you know, now credit store credit. Right. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: a source of much discomfort and ultimately ended up being canceled. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in season two of Comfort Zone
1: Chronicles. I'm hoping to get that one off the ground, but so let's talk about season two. We have big plans for season two? Some stuff rolling around in your mind? Yeah,
0: I got a a list. I'm actually working on it as we speak. I have emails out. I would think that the emails are getting easier now compared to like when we uh, were talking off the top of this episode, having to craft some of those emails and telling people, hey, I'm a guy who... I'm starting up a podcast. You have to believe me on this one. Yeah, yeah. Can I use your resources? <laughs> it's yeah. a little easier now that <laughs> you know there's the website and there's episodes out there. So I'm uh, sending out emails and trying to line things up. So I think we're going to push some boundaries, some more boundaries in in season
1: two. It'll um, be different when you become a huge podcast star.
0: <laughs> I mean, that would be the hope. Mm, but yeah. Again, ultimately, this this whole podcast is to I. It, the Bannister effect really is what it comes down to. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Bannister effect, but Roger Bannister was the first guy to run a sub four-minute mile, something that everybody said was impossible to run a mile in less than four minutes. Well, Roger's, Roger Bannister does it back in the 50s, and then six months later, another guy does it, and another guy does it, and another guy does it. So Bannister showing that it could be done, kind of change the mindset of people well if he can do it then boom i can do it as well so that's kind of the basic idea of comfort zone chronicles i'm going to show you it's possible to get out of your comfort zone and just inspiring
1: you to do the same so i wonder how long it would take banister to slide down the hand railing on a set of stairs
0: uh, oh i see <laughs> yes. i see what you do. <laughs> Let me write that down yeah, under please. the uh, heading of terrible dad please jokes. Do. Terrible <laughs> dad joke. Credit Dave Crookshank. <laughs> so,
1: hopefully, we can uh, add some value to your life
0: with these with these episodes.
1: But it's been a great season. I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've really enjoyed living vicariously <laughs> through you through these past well, eight months. Yeah. Thank you. It has been a lot of work
0: to get to this point, and there is a lot of work in the days ahead, but. Hell, it's all part of getting out of the comfort zone, which I think I'm continuously doing, whether it's setting up these episodes or actually doing them.
1: So, mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to the the, the the previous episodes, please go back and listen to them. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, and if you've got some great things that you want Steve to do, <laughs> ideas at comfortzonechronicles.com.
0: Yeah, I'd love to get your suggestions, even if it's something I've done before. I would love to maybe explore it in a different way. So there we go. That's a wrap on season one. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported us up to this point. It's been awesome.
1: Zone Chronicles is a plugged-in media production hosted by Steve Kryzak, edited and directed by Dave Crookshank. Executive producer is Rob Pape. To reach out, please contact us at comfortzonechronicles.com or on Facebook at Comfort Zone Chronicles. Check out our other great podcasts at PiMediaNetwork.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.